There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense. Like we're the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enter. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday here on this Friday, January 7th of 2022. Week 18 of the NFL season is upon us. The end of the regular season, the end of the season for the Jets and Giants. As once again, uh, no more playoff football for our New York teams. The end of our first ever 17-game season. So a little bit of history there for you NFL fans. Our first edition of NFL Friday in the new year. And I mentioned no playoffs this year for Jets and Giants. And I said last week on last week's show, we were hoping for a brighter and better 2022 for both the Jets and Giants. Well, unfortunately, 2022 picked up right where 2021 left off with losses for both teams. Although I think the feelings for both fan bases coming out of the losses, I think were a little different and we'll get into that in a bit. And, you know, we will be talking about those games. We'll be previewing uh, the games this week for both New York teams. Then we will be talking some playoff picture, trying to decide which teams will clinch those final wildcard spots in the AFC, that last wildcard spot in the NFC. The AFC East and NFC West are both up for grabs. Who's going to walk away with those division titles? And, of course, we will have our weekly pick segment at the end of today's show. And here to do it with me this week, it's not Mike Messina. It's another Mike from our WFUV family, and that's Mike Calamari. Mike, how's it going? I'm doing great. First time on NFL Friday, new year, new host. I'm really glad to talk some football. I think, you know, this time away from school, got a lot of time to watch some football games. So I'm really pumped to be on the show today and to talk about it. Yeah, Mike, look, I, I agree with you. You know, being home, obviously last week I was at the Jets season finale as our Jets beat reporter, but, you know, being home and, you know, be able to sit down on a football Sunday and not have to worry about works, so be able to sit there, enjoy the games. And I think we're in store for a really good slate of games this weekend with all these playoff implications. I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, with many fantasy leagues done for the year, I mean, I think if you're a respectable fantasy league, uh, your season's over because so many stars sit the last week of the season. It doesn't make sense to play. Um, So no more fantasy advice this week. A little shout out to myself. I won my fantasy league. So my name will be going this year. I know no one cares about my fantasy league team, but myself, Mike, but I just got to get the shout out in there. But, uh, you know, we, of course, always love to have another host on this show. And this week, our second co-host, that is Colin Locker. And Colin, how's it going? I'm doing great, Mike. I'm really excited for the playoffs, getting closer and closer, creeping up on us. I was also at that Jets game this past oh. weekend, albeit in a different capacity, not necessarily rooting for the boys from New York. I uh, finally got to see Tom Brady play in person. So now that's interesting. You're rooting for you're rooting for the Bucks, even though 
So Your Patriots the way I see it is it was a divorce. Mom and dad got divorced there, Belichick and Brady. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan till death, but I'd still like to see Brady do well, just maybe not better than the Patriots. So if they ever do meet in the Super Bowl, I'll you can be sure I'll be repping New England. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I did see, I mean, look, being at the game, there was a lot of quote unquote Bucks fans. I mean, these people were not Bucks fans five years ago. I'll tell you that. They weren't going back to the days of, you know, I don't know, John Lynch or you want to go further, you know, Doug Williams. They're they're not, they're not going back to the creamsicle jerseys. I'll tell you that. They had there's a lot of uh half and half with those 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 made up jerseys people do where they do a half Bucks jersey, a half right. Patriots jersey. What are you going to do? But you know what? Let's get started with that Jets Bucks game. You know, Colin, nice to know that you were there. You can obviously offer some insights into the game as well. Um, you know, obviously, as we do every week on the show, I got to start with the Jets. You know, I, it's just it's just who I am. And of course, you know, it's, it was the season finale, the home season finale, excuse me, for the New York Jets at MetLife. You know, the last game I will be covering as Jets beat reporter. So just a quick side note. Thank you to everyone who's been following the tweets, watching our 10 minutes after touchdown segment on YouTube. It's been a pleasure covering the team you know the Jets were on the verge of pulling off an upset last Sunday they had a two touchdown lead in the third quarter in fact last week at NFL Friday Mike Messina laughed at me as I picked the Jets in the pick'em segment of course you know that was a you know it was a it wasn't the smartest pick but look if I was betting on the spread in this game which we don't do spread picks here I would have I would have covered and uh you know, it's just uh, it's unfortunate the game ended the way it did. But anyway, like I said, they had a two touchdown lead in the third quarter. The Jets did. Unfortunately, they blew it. Of course, the play everyone is talking about that fourth and two play the Jets ran late in the fourth quarter. They failed to convert on a quarterback sneak in the red zone. Some people saying Zach Wilson was selfish for doing the play. I think that's absurd. We could talk about that a little bit. But anyway, Tom Brady gets the ball back. He marches the Bucks down the field for the win. The Jets will, of course, be traveling to Buffalo this week to take on the Bills. Now, look, they are 4-12 and on the season now. They just lost 28-24 in a heartbreaking fashion to the Bucs. They're not going to have Elijah Moore this week. No Braxton Berrios, no George Fant at left tackle, no Connor McGovern at center. It's just I don't really know what to expect in this game for the Jets. I think you can go one of two ways. But, you know, first off, let's start by talking about last week's game. And, Colin, you were there. So any thoughts on the Jets' efforts last Sunday? I thought they played a great game for the most part. I mean, anytime you get the defending champions down the way they did, that 24-10 score, you like your chances to win the game ultimately. I was very surprised they went for it on that fourth and two, precisely because I figured they would kick the field goal, you'd go up seven at that point, and you'd at least force overtime. From a strategical standpoint, I kind of get why you do it because the field position would be worse, even if you don't convert on fourth, which it was for Brady and company. And then I don't think anyone could have necessarily seen Cyril Grayson becoming Brady's favorite target on that last drive. I know I didn't at all. And, you know, I'm hoping the Bucs are going to drive down the field, obviously, but just for the Jets, I thought Zach Wilson played a very nice game. I thought they did exactly what they needed to do for the most part. I thought the defense was good at times, uh, but overall just, you got to learn how to finish games out. This is something that is going to come with time, especially for a young team like the Jets. This is something they've struggled with the past few years. And in a lot of ways, it reminded me of some of those early games for the Giants where you have good moments. You have moments where you look like, okay, you have some offensive consistency. Your defense is hanging tough, but ultimately it comes down to your ability to finish games. And for the Jets, that's something they're going to have to grow into, I think. 
I mean, Mike, I, I want to hear your thoughts in a second. I just want to respond to some of the things Colin said, because he brought up some interesting points. You know, first, Zach Wilson. Um, you know, actually, let me start rather with the fourth and two, the decision to go for it. You know, I think I didn't, I totally agree with the decision to go for it. That was not my issue. You know, I understand saying, hey, kick the field goal, you're up seven. But look, then you're giving Tom Brady a full two minutes to go down and tie the game, which you know he's going to do. I mean, you mentioned this Jets defense. The Jets offense has consistently improved throughout the season, in my opinion. I think Zach Wilson has gotten a lot better each game since the PCL injury. I think Michael LaFleur has proven to be a very good offensive coordinator, especially since going up in the booth. But this defense has been just a eyesore for the majority of the season. They just get gashed all the time. So you would have been asking this Jets defense, who also keep in mind has lost several starters throughout the season. They're playing a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who frankly will not be starters next year on other teams. So you're, you would be asking this Jets defense to make a stand, which they probably wouldn't have. And then you're talking about a tied game going into overtime. And essentially you're, you're betting your future on, on a coin toss. If you win the coin toss, sure. You could probably win this game, but then you're going, if Brady was the coin toss, once again, I just, I don't, I think regardless of when it was going to happen, Brady was going to march down the field against the Jets regardless. And so you were basically gambling with a, a coin toss in overtime, in my opinion, if you kick the field goal. And I just, it's just why, why do that? If you go, if you make the fourth down conversion, you get it, then you're going to go up two scores and you give you a lot more self, a lot more cushion probably. Cause I think if Barrios gets that first down, probably to get in the end zone. If not that play itself, the end around, which they wanted to run apparently. And I'll talk about that in a second. That could have been run for a touchdown. They had leverage on the left side. So, I mean, look, I had no problem with them going for it. The issue then is the play call. And after the game, Robert Sala, and I mentioned this in 10 minutes after touchdown, he said, you know, it wasn't on Zach, that quarterback sneak. It was on the coaching staff. They didn't communicate well. Basically it was an option play. If Zach got one look at the line and there was a gap in the A gap, he should have taken it for the quarterback sneak. Uh, if there wasn't, he was supposed to give it on the end around to Barrios. And, you know, after the game, Sala and Wilson both said, you know, he got the look that he was supposed to, that, you know, he, he did the play as executed. He got the look and he did the play as he was supposed to. And Sala said, you know, it was on the coaching staff. They should have told Zach, hand it off to Barrios regardless. And, you know, we know what happened. They didn't get it. And then Brady Marks on the field, they win. So, I mean, look, I, uh, you know, if the play works, the quarterback sneak works, which I don't think it ever would have. It was a terrible play call. Um, maybe we're saying different things. I don't think the decision to go forward was bad. I think, you know, and I don't want to give Zach a free pass. You know, I think Zach at times has deserved criticism. But, you know, unlike some of these selfish narratives, which I just think are absurd, you know, I think he played a great game. It was his most consistent game of the season. And um, I, I just I'm not going to blame him for that. He's a young rookie quarterback. You know, I don't think it, let's say you have an experienced head coach there and Bill Belichick or, you know, name your favorite head coach. I don't think he's giving his rookie quarterback an option play. He's just telling him what to do regardless. So, you know, I think some people were saying, you know, Salah took the bullet for Zach. You know, I, I don't see it that way. I think Salah's right. I think it's just on the coaching staff. And look, it's just a tough loss. At the end of the day, Zach played well. The rookies overall played well. And hey, you, you hung tough with the Super Bowl champs. But uh, Mike, any thoughts on this loss or that fourth and two play? Yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I love the decision to go for it. The play call has got to be better than that. I mean, we saw the end around they pulled off, you know, for one of their early scores in that game. That was a great play call. I would have loved to have seen something like that at fourth and two. And I agree, you know, Salah's got to make the decision on the play call. And um, if the decision should not involve an option play, in my opinion, you know, you're going to give a rookie quarterback an option to beat the Super Bowl champions. I don't think we're there yet with Zach Wilson. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. 
I do like the idea, though, that they're aggressive. They're trying to win the game. You know, they're not going to give Brady the other chance to go down and beat them because anytime you have a chance to beat a quarterback that good, a team that just won the Super Bowl, you're going to take that chance. So I love that. I know we've all been saying that, but the play call has got to be better. But I still think you're coming away from this game positively, positively because there's a lot to like. You saw from the Jets. The defense was able to contain Brady for a lot of that game. It's a very young defense. The defense has been very poor this season, but you came out of that that you didn't get your doors blown off and you defensively. Zach Wilson did a good job keeping the Jets in the game. He's been interception-free the past four games. You like to see that. The, it's trending upwards for the Jets. You get that feeling, which I like to see. And if you just compare them to the team that plays in the same stadium as them, the team that had a lot higher hopes coming into the season, I think a lot of people would say there's more hype around the Jets right now than there is the Giants. The trends are completely different. So I think for those reasons, it was a positive week for the Jets, even though you don't get the win. Yeah. I mean, look, it's just, it was just, and obviously I was there, I was in the press box and it's it just, it's backbreaking. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's soul crushing. I mean, look, in a way, this is a perfect scenario for the Jets. You see the improvement from Zach. You had an overall good game and then you don't lose draft position, which as a young team, you want those higher, as a rebuilding team, you want those higher draft picks, you know, real quick before we go, and we look at this week's game against Buffalo, you know, Mike, I just want to mention something, you know, the, this idea of some hope and some positive. Well, I do think, you know, it's it, when, when you look at the Jets and what gives you some hope and some some bright, some optimism for the future, it's looking at these rookies, these young guys. I mean, look, the Jets have holes. They need to fill these holes in the offseason, more draft picks, free agent signings, et cetera. You know, this is a team, you know, they had two wins last year. At a minimum, they're going to finish with four this year. That means next year, I'm sorry, this team needs to be a seven, eight win team. Uh, and that's not absurd to look in the NFL when you look at like the Cardinals, the way they turned it around, the Browns, stuff like that. Another Browns had a down year this year. But what I'm saying is it's not absurd to see that kind of consistent uh, turnaround year after year in the NFL. But I want to mention the rookies real quick before we look ahead to this week's game against Buffalo, because even though it was a, a tough loss, the rookies, some of these rookies showed out and showed you why the Jets have a, f- a bright future. We already mentioned Zach. He had a very good, good game, 234 yards passing, a touchdown. Again, no interceptions, which is great. Uh, and then you look at these other rookies. And also, before I move on to the other rookies, think about the guys that Zach was throwing to on Sunday. He had no Elijah Moore. He had no Corey Davis. Uh, you know, Michael Carter left very early in this game. No Tevin Coleman. No Tyler Croft is number one uh, tight end. He's throwing to guys like, Kenny Abo, an undrafted free agent this year, a rookie. He's throwing to guys. I mean, I love Braxton Barrios, but he's a fourth. He's a fourth receiver. He's a you know he's a slot receiver at best. Keelan Cole and Jeff Smith are drop machines. Daniel Brown was his number one tight end. The fact that he had a good game with this supporting cast, I think again it just gives you more optimism for Zach and his future. And you know the fact that he's had these other great games going down the stretch here, I think is good as well. And then these other rookies, I mean, a shout out to Brandon Eccles, picking off Tom Brady, getting that ball signed after the game, which was a, a bit of a story. But, hey, you know, he's played really well down the stretch. You know, Bryce Hall, second-year guy, still a young guy. A bit of a rough game, but overall, he had he's he's been great this year for them on the defensive side. So, you know, the rookies give you some hope for the Jets. But, you know what, before we move on to the Giants talk, because they're just a dumpster fire, uh, let's look ahead to this week's game against Buffalo. Of course, the Jets will be traveling up to Orchard Park to take on the Bills. And, you know, I think most people would say the Jets don't really have a shot in this game. But, hey, look, did anyone give them a shot last week to hang with the Super Bowl champs? I don't think so. So, you know, Colin, as you're looking at this game, is is there any shot for the Jets? And if so, what are they going to have to do to stay in this game? I'll say this much. If the game was in MetLife, I'd give the Jets a fighting chance. 
since the game is in Buffalo and Buffalo is still fighting for the AFC East crown, I don't particularly love the Jets' chances here. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are expecting, though, because I get this feeling that the Bills, you know, they tend to get cute on offense. This is something that's plagued them all year where Josh Allen maybe doesn't make the best decisions. I think that could happen in this type of a game where they know what's at stake. They know they're trying to win their division. They might try and make a play that just won't work. And the Jets defense, for as bad as they've been all year, might be able to capitalize. Happened last week against Brady. We're able to get a pick. Could happen again this week, and it could be costly for Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins the game. I think Singletary is going to have to have a good game for Buffalo in order for them to win. I just I don't like Josh Allen's chances of necessarily going in there, dropping back every play, and being consistent the whole game because that's just not who he's been this season, and that's not who he is at this given moment. Again, I'd love the Jets' chances if it was at home, but since this is in Buffalo, I'm going to have to take Buffalo in this one. Yeah, Jets going to Buffalo, I don't like at all. Uh, I think they were good against you know the Buccaneers, but I think it's easier to play home against the Bucs than it is to go up into Buffalo and win that game. So I'm really down on their chances in this one. But if you keep the game close, even if you lose, I think that's a positive for the Jets because we're not at the point where winning games are going to launch them into the playoff picture. So for me, a winner, uh, a winner loss is really just for your morale. But if you go out there and you compete, you know, that's as much of a momentum carrier as anything for them. So I think you want to see Zach Wilson play well. You want to see positives from the offense and you want to see the defense try to contain Josh Allen. I think if those things happen, you can still come out of Buffalo and you can say, listen, we've got stuff we can work on the offseason. We can carry this into next season and be competitive for the playoffs. Then you don't need to win or lose this game, but you need to stay in it. Yeah, I mean, look, I would say this, Mike. I, I agree. Uh, just keeping it close would be good for this team. But that being said, they kept it close against Tampa. And in postgame, the guys just look, you know, they look gut wrench. And, you know, I and T- Coach Sala said it after the game, and I agree with him, you know, he doesn't believe in moral victories. You either win or you lose. And the Jets lost. Of course, there's still a lot of positives from last week. But, you know, I think even if the Jets keep it close against Buffalo, I think it'd be so good. They talk about building a culture in New York and, you know, trying to turn things around. And I do think that we're on the right track now. I, I believe in Joe Douglas. I think Robert Sala has, you know, there's been some ups and downs, but I think he's overall showing that he can be the guy. I love LaFleur's the OC, but I think, you know, if you really want to go into this offseason on a high note, you really want to show the improvement. You know, I think this is a Jets team that is disappointed in the way they finished against Tampa. They went toe-to-toe with the Super Bowl champs. They're a young, hungry team. They got nothing to lose going in this game. You know, Buffalo, look, Buffalo came into this the Jets building uh, a month ago, uh, I mean, in November, uh, so, you know, about two months ago now, I guess, and embarrassed the Jets. I mean, Mike White was that quarterback. It was an ugly game. Maybe the Jets' ugliest game of the year. And, you know, I don't think the Jets forgot that. And they know Buffalo's fighting for the division. They're young and hungry. I, I think they're pissed off after losing last week. And you know what? I'm not saying they're going to win, and we'll, we'll get to the picks later. But And, look, I get it. They're missing a lot of guys on offense. But they were missing a lot of guys last week, too. And, you know, I don't know. Josh Allen has not been the same guy he was last year. I mean, he's been good, but he hasn't been that MVP candidate. I'm not going to predict a win right here, right now in this part of the show. But, you know, I think the Jets, if they play this the right way, if they continue with that hungry anger, if they're they they, they, they if they're still PO'd from that loss last week and they remember being embarrassed in their own building and they know that Buffalo's, they, they might get cute, which I think they might. I wouldn't be shocked if they went in there and at a minimum played a competitive game. 
But you know what? We got a lot of show left. We got to talk some other stuff as well. So let's move on now to the New York Giants, who frankly, in my opinion, I think maybe you guys agree, are the worst team in the NFL. And it's honestly not even close. I know that they have more wins than the Bears. I mean, the Bears, the Lions. Uh, but Jaguars? I, I, Jaguars, maybe. Jaguars, but... too. But I think, I don't know, the Giants, I'll tell you why I think they're the worst in a second, but they are just an ugly team. They get blown out 29-3. to 3. Uh, last Sunday against the uh, Bears, they are also now four and twelve in the season, which just makes this loss even more embarrassing. Is the fact the Bears were only a five-win team themselves, playing with Andy Dalton that quarterback. You know, Mike Glennon once again gets the start for the Giants, and I mean, I'm sorry, this guy cannot be in the NFL next year. I know he's a backup quarterback, but four of eleven for 24 yards, two interceptions. He had negative net passing yards on the day. I think it was like negative nine yards passing net. I mean. I'm sorry. I mean, this guy's not an NFL quarterback. This is not an NFL offense. You know, frankly, the game was over the minute it started. The Giants fumble, Bears recover. They score a touchdown in the first minute to go up 7 nothing, And, you know, that was it. The Giants only scored three points on the day. They lose 29-3. You know, the coach goes on a bizarre 11-minute rant after the game. I'm sorry. He can't be back next year. I get it's only been two years, but he is lost. Gettleman has been a disappointment and a failure basically ever since he's been here. And I'm sorry. I mean, I understand they have more wins than other teams in the league, but they're just unwatchable. They're not an NFL team. Kenny Galladay is going to probably finish with no touchdowns on the year. And it's just, it's putrid. And, and, you know, this Sunday they'll be hosting the Washington football team at home in their home finale and their season finale. And, you know, I don't know what else to say about the Giants. I mean, you know, Mike's not here. Our NFL, our, our Giants beat reporter. I'm sure he'd have some thoughts. Uh, you know, I don't really have anything else to say other than, you know, this game last week was a dumpster fire, and I really expect more of the same this weekend. Dysfunction. Utter dysfunction is the exact word to describe the New York Giants. I mean, on offense, you're bottom 10 in both rushing and passing yards. That was the whole thing this season was they were going to be better on offense. Daniel Jones would grow into his own. They went out and they got Kadarius Tony. You get Galladay, and none of it made a difference. And I've argued since day one, it's because you didn't build an offensive line that was going to give Daniel Jones a fighting chance to begin with. And then on defense, I remember last year, everyone was saying, you know, they kind of came into their own as the season kept on progressing. And this was going to be characteristic of the new Giants team. This year, the defense has been very lackluster, not good at all at times. Xavier McKinney is the bright spot on what has been an atrocious defense at times. And last week against the Bears... There wasn't anything positive. You got Mike Glennon out there looking like a geriatric throwing the football. I mean, I know they're bad. No one thought they were going to be this bad, though. I remember there were people saying they could compete for the NFC East. That wasn't a crazy idea, you know, if things went right for them. And now Joe Judge is supposed to be coming back. Saquon Barkley, I was reading the post earlier. He's defending Joe Judge now, which is not good. It's going to be dysfunctional. No matter how you slice this, when you get to the offseason, you're going to have stories that are going to make you scratch your head and decisions that are not going to make any sense. If I'm Mara right now, I am wondering what comes next for this team because there's no clear path. There's nothing they can do at this point that I look at other than start with the offensive line, which maybe gives you half of a shot. Other than that, there's nothing they can tangibly do right now that gives them any sort of hope because this team was supposed to be decent and now they're terrible. It's not even an issue of missed opportunities anymore. Cause I remember earlier in the season, specifically I'm looking at the Washington game. I looked at that and I said, this is a team that doesn't know how to win. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the jets where 
They didn't know how to finish games. I thought that was going to be their biggest problem as the season kept on going, that you might put yourself in the position to win. But ultimately, if you're not doing the right things, you're not going to come out with Ws. Then it just unraveled. Then the problems became more glaring on both offense and defense. And now I'm questioning what ownership is going to do and if they're even thinking in terms of a strategy anymore or if it's just we're going on a whim because keeping judge around and keeping Gettleman around is not going to help your football team at this moment in time. Yeah. I think the problems are obvious, even to the fans sitting on his couch, you know, you don't need to be a genius to see that the offensive line is horrendous, probably the worst in football. You know, Miami's got a real offensive, real bad offensive line, but uh, they're doing a much better job than the giants are winning football games, giving Tua a time to throw and make plays. And, you know, he's not an outstanding quarterback. He's very limited in what he can do, but they're still structuring things around him to win football games. But we've seen none of that out of the giants and, you know, Daniel Jones obviously hurt now, but before when he was in the lineup, you know, he's had moments throughout the season where you, he's shown that he could be the quarterback of the future other times where he's not done that, but, be quarterbacking behind that offensive line. And then the play calling they've had Jason Garrett going midway through the season, the offense has not gotten better since he's left Joe judge questionable play calling as well, what he's done with that team. And you also point to, you know, all those post-game press conferences where, you know, he's trying to be that, you know, big loud coach to inspire the guys talking about, you know, people who have left the giants calling him, telling them they wish they never left stuff like that, where it just makes you scratch your head and you're like, Get this guy out of here because I can't hear him talking in another post-game press conference after the Giants just got blown out of the water. And you're talking about guys who have left, left to go where? Not They're not on the four-win Giants, that's for sure. So it's just a disaster, in my opinion, because you look at this Giants team entering the season, you had so much hope for them. Daniel Jones was a budding star early in their first few games, and then it all unraveled from there. And in my opinion, the solution to this, you get Joe Judge out of there, you get Gettleman out of there, and you start from fresh. And I think you keep Daniel Jones as your quarterback. I really do because there are so many other problems with this team that you can draft the best quarterback. I mean, it's not even a deep quarterback draft. You're going to get Pickett. I don't know. Stroud just got the ACL. So there's so many problems with this team. I don't think a quarterback out of the draft is going to help it. You need to build this team around. So when you get the right quarterback, you can start winning football games. I think Daniel Jones can carry over to then. Maybe he is that quarterback of the future. But you, Gettleman it was not the guy to get the um, get good guys on this roster. You need to go out and get a new head coach. You need to get rid of Gettleman. And you need to start working on building this team around a quarterback. Don't go out and get a quarterback because there are so many problems with this team. And you got to start with the offensive line. I mean, look, uh, I think you guys all you know basically said what needs to be said. I mean, I, I understand there's the reports that Judge will be back next year. I'm sorry. He's just – he can't be. I mean, he's just so in over his head. He's make, he's he's nonsensical up there at the postgame pressers, you know – the, the 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 original like the coach talk that he used to do that was fine when they were winning games but you know what when you're losing and you're losing this bad you get exposed for what you are and I'm sorry he's getting exposed as a fraud he has no idea what he is doing up there he is so lost so in over his own head and I'm sorry I I you cannot bring him back you definitely can't bring back Edelman and sell to the fans that you're trying I mean John Mara has not exactly been a top owner these last few years which you know, I don't think it's a thing anyone would ever say about the Maras, you know, go, ten, go back 10 years ago. This is not these were, you know, the Giants are one of the most storied franchises in NFL history. And for them to be this bad, to be the worst team in the NFL in the last five years, arguably, you know, they're just it's shocking. And it's, you know, it's disgusting if you're a Giants fan. And I just think, you know, I'm sorry, Joe Judge just sealed his fate. You know, he's I, I understand it's only been two years, but the team has gotten so bad uh, this season. They played so horribly down the stretch. 
And he has just looked so out of his mind. I, I just don't understand how you can bring him back. And, you know, you put Joe Judge aside, bring in the fact, and Mike, you mentioned Daniel Jones. And look, I think Daniel Jones is fine. But even at his best, I don't think Daniel Jones has shown to be an elite quarterback. Now, I'm not saying don't bring him back next year, because like you, I agree. I think the quarterback draft class this year isn't great. I don't think uh, trading all your picks for a guy like Russell Wilson or something makes sense for a team that has a lot of holes. So I think Daniel Jones needs to be brought in next year, at least, you know, for one more year. And I think bringing a veteran to compete with him or someone else that could potentially be a decent backup, not Mike Glennon. But I don't really think Daniel Jones at a minimum is a franchise quarterback, which is what you really want in your, you know, the guy who's helming your franchise. And, you know, if they're, if you're the Giants, I'm sorry, Judge has to go. I don't think Jones is long in the future here. You know, he's gotten worse under Judge and get him, uh, and Judge has to go get him. I, 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 it's all getting jumbled in my head. But the bottom line is Gettleman, Judge, and frankly, in my opinion, Jones all need to go. And what concerns me also is I don't think even if they get rid of Gettleman and, you know, they were to even get rid of Judge, it seems to me that like, oh, they're just going to bring in, they're going to promote Kevin Abrams. They're not going to go with an outside hire. That is not a good decision. I mean, there's just so many interior issues within this front office. The inside hire does not make any sense. And even if you got rid of Gettleman and you're willing to go out and get someone, if you saddle them with a head coach and you say, we'll hire you, but you got to keep judge, that's going to – any self-respecting candidate is going to take themselves out of the running. They're going to want full reign over the franchise. So, look, the Giants are just an absolute abomination. You know, with the Jets, you know, look, they're not a great team, but you see a path, you see a vision, there's some hope. The Giants, you do, your coach and GM should be gone. Your quarterback, you don't really know. At a minimum, I don't, I don't think he's the future. And you're in salary cap hell. I mean, I'm, this, this team is a disgrace. Um, but – yeah, we all we all basically have said it. There's not much else to say, but real quick, any shot. I mean, the watch the one thing is Washington is not very good. My whole thing is I don't think the Giants have score more than three points. So does anyone give them a shot this weekend? Crazy enough, I like their chances against Washington only because this team is that dysfunctional and that fluky. I could see them all going up out there and playing a halfway decent game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not so on the Giants this week. I don't think you turn a, a script that quickly. I mean, five out of the last seven games to score 10 points or less. I mean, even if they can stay in it with their defense, which has been, you know, okay this season, are they going to be able to score the points to keep up with Washington? Not like Washington, some offensive powerhouse, but their offensive has been better. That's plain and simple. I also think the Washington, you know, they've got something to prove. You get blown by the Cowboys. You do come back and play some good football the week, um, the next week. But I think they want to win more than the Giants do. I think the Giants are just way too dis- dysfunctional right now. So that's why I think, you know, Washington's definitely the favorite here for a reason. I mean, look, this is this is how I put it. The Washington football team has a better head coach, far better head coach than Ron Rivera. I don't think Ron Rivera is a Hall of Fame coach or anything, but Joe Judge is a clown. So I think that's – got a positive there. And Taylor Heineke, or whoever starts at quarterback for Washington, is better than Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm, who were frankly probably the two worst quarterbacks in the league, arguably. So when you got a better head coach, you got a better quarterback, throw in the fact that Washington can at least put up 14 points and the Giants can't – on their best day can't put up more than 10 i'm sorry i don't see the giants winning this game at all i mean would it be crazy no i mean they probably have, i mean just because washington isn't great they probably have a better chance against washington than the jets do against buffalo but i'm sorry i just don't see it and i just see another loss and hopefully john mara hears those boos and he realizes hey changes need to be made and uh that's that i mean the giants are just uh, in my lifetime and look i don't really care i mean i look misery loves company i could care less what the giants stink but i i never i mean in my life i've never seen the giants been so bad i never would have thought they'd be this bad it's just it's frankly shocking 
But you know what? Enough of the negative football talk. Enough, enough of the, the New York football talk. Let's move on now and talk some uh, some playoff picture. Let's talk about the AFC, NFC wild card, the AFC East, the NFC West. A lot of stuff up for grabs. Let's start with the AFC. You know what? Let's start with the NFC because there's less to get into there. Let's start with the, the, the less exciting stuff. We'll move to the AFC. So as we look at the playoff picture right now, the NFC West is up for grabs between the Cardinals and the Rams. And you look at there's one wild card spot left in the NFC. It's going to be between the 49ers and the Saints for that last spot. So if the Rams win on Sunday, win or tie, or the Cardinals lose, then the Rams will win the NFC West. If the Cardinals win and the 49ers can beat the Rams, not only will the 49ers be in, but the the Cardinals will win the NFC West. And as far as the Saints, they need a 49ers loss and they need to win in order to get into the wild card. So a lot going on there in the NFC as we look at this playoff picture. Guys, who do you like in that final NFC wildcard spot? And who do you like to win the NFC West? Yeah, I like I, the Rams to win the West. And I think New Orleans will get that final wildcard spot. I think the path for New Orleans is a little bit more clear cut in terms of I could see them easily handling. I believe they have Atlanta this weekend. Atlanta is another sneaky team where you kind of scratch your head because they have the ability to make games close like they did against Buffalo last weekend. But I think Sean Payton has done basically about as good a job as he could do with what he's working with at the moment, given injuries and all these other things going on with the Saints. So I, I think New Orleans will get that last spot. And the Rams are a very good football team. I, I think they will easily handle San Francisco, quite honestly. I think they are probably the class of the NFC at the moment. There's a lot of good teams in that conference. I know Green Bay is great. Tampa Bay is no fun, especially when you're going against Brady, but I like the talent that the Rams have assembled, and I definitely like it enough to say that they should easily win the West here. Yeah, I, I like the Rams to beat um, the Niners. Uh, you know, Garoppolo questionable as of right now as we're recording this, so might get Trey Lance in there, so that also raises uh, some question marks as whether they can pull out the win or not. Rams are home in this one. I also like that for that reason. And I think they know how big this win is. If they can get this win and jump to that number two seed, I think they want to do that. So they're going to, you know, come out there and they're going to try to defend Los Angeles and they're going to try to get the win. I think they will do that. And uh, I'm not too confident, though, in the Saints. I think the Falcons are a pretty good football team. I think they want to win this football game. I like the Falcons. I'm going to get to it in my pick, but I'm not overly confident that the Saints will get this win. I know that's the game, in my opinion, what's going to determine whether uh, it's the Niners or Saints for that, uh, you know, last uh, team in the wild card. But as of now, I'm going to take the Niners just because I don't think the Saints are going to be able to edge the Falcons. Yeah, look, for me, I'm going to go with this. I think the Rams are going to beat the 49ers for sure at home. I mean, this is not a, a Rams team that can, you know, afford to take the last week off. They want that home playoff game. So they're going to be going all out. They're a better team than the 49ers who even if they have Garoppolo are still not, I don't, it's not as good. I mean, it's just, they're just not uh, whether they put Trey Lance in there or Jimmy, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I think the Rams are going to win that game. And because of that, you know, if the saints and the 49ers both lose then the 49ers will get that spot, but I don't know. I think the Falcons are a pretty mediocre team. I I'm, I don't think they're that good. They don't really seem to rise to the occasion. They won their first uh, play uh, first playoff game. They won their first home game in over a year, just a few weeks ago against the lions so they haven't had a lot of home success the past year or so. Uh, and, you know, the Saints, look, I don't love Taysom Hill, but Sean Payton is a great head coach. He knows how to get his guys ready to play. They got some veteran leaders on that team. 
look, I would love for the 49ers to be in the playoffs. I just think it would make for a better playoff game because I don't think the Saints really would have a chance in the playoffs. But I just see it happening like this. I think the Rams are going to beat the the 49ers, and I think the Saints will beat a very mediocre Falcons team. And you're looking at the Saints in the final, final wild card spot, and I think the Rams win the NFC West. But you know what? That's the NFC playoff picture. I don't think that's nearly as exciting as the AFC because there's more up for grabs there. So let's shift over there right now. Before we get to the AFC wildcard spots, real quickly, or not quickly, but let's touch on this. AFC East is still up for grabs. If Buffalo beats the Jets on Sunday, it's theirs. If Buffalo w- loses and the Patriots win, they can take the AFC East. They have to play Miami this weekend on Sunday. The Patriots, a team that historically never does great down in Miami. So see how that goes. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll obviously I'll go last year. But, you know, Colin, you're the Patriots fan. I want to save you for second to last. Let's start off with Mike. Mike, what do you think is going to happen here in this AFC East? Yeah, I I like the Patriots to beat Miami. Uh, I think it's pretty clear. I think Belichick's going to scheme something and gets a bad offensive line for the Dolphins. I don't think Tua can really do a lot on the offensive end, so very limited. I like Belichick to scheme against him. Mac Jones has been great for them. I like the Patriots in this game, but I also like the Bills to beat the Jets. So I think both teams win, and it um you know it goes like that. It's kind of tough because I don't think the competition's really there. You're both playing the lesser division opponents. I know the Dolphins have had a crazy second half stretch, but they're still not in the league of the Patriots nor the Bills. So I think the Patriots go and beat Miami, and I think uh, the Bills take care of business in Buffalo. Yeah, I fully agree. I would love nothing more, obviously, than to see the Jets pull off an upset and have the Patriots win the AFC East, but I, I don't see that happening. I do like New England's chances against Miami. I think this is the type of game where Damian Harris is going to have a busy day. And if he doesn't have a busy day, then the only other option is that Mac Jones is going to be doing stuff through the air, which Belichick seems to like to stay away from this early in Jones's career. I think it's going to be ground heavy attack. I think they'll be able to pull that off against the Miami defense that is suspect and has been suspect at times this year. I will say this much. If the jets pull off the upset against Buffalo, Nobody in their right mind would tell you they could see this out of this Patriots team. They are lucky to be in the playoffs this year. And I say that very honestly, it's a blessing that they even clinched a wild card spot. Look at the receivers that Mac Jones is working with Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. These are not bad receivers, but they don't have one guy that you look at and he really scares you. On the defensive side, though, it's one of the best teams in football. Oh, absolutely. But that's characteristic of a Belichick team year in, year out. The defense is going to be competitive. Are they always going to be top five? No. This year they were very lucky and very good on defense. I think Jalen Mills came into his own as the season progressed. Guys like that, you know, Dante Hightower, not what he has been in the past, but he's still serviceable for sure. I'm just sitting here and I think they're very lucky to be in the playoffs. The fact that they're even competing for their division right now is a blessing in and of itself because Buffalo was looked at as a Super Bowl contender. They still are by many people. So even the fact that this is a conversation is good for New England. I mean, look, I would say this. Uh, I, I'm surprised to hear that coming from a Patriot fan. Number one, Patriot fans, and Colin, I appreciate the, the humility. I mean, Patriot fans tend to not be very humble. So the fact that you're saying you're lucky to be contending for the title, I mean, a few weeks ago, people were saying that the Patriots are going to go to the Super Bowl, the class of the AFC. So to hear you say that, honestly, very refreshing. So I, I wish more Patriot fans were like you. Thank you very much. That, that's great to hear. Um, you know, I, I will say this. I think – But also with the Patriots, I mean, look, they haven't had a a wide receiver you're really scared of since, you know, Randy Moss. I mean, they had Gronk, but, like, that's just who they are. I mean, obviously Brady's the GOAT, so he'll make everyone good around him. But, 
Well, I, I digress. I still think the Patriots are a good team. I still think they can contend in the playoffs just because they have they have Bill there as their head coach. And uh, you know, I think Mac. I think Mac gets a little too much praise. I think he's been solid. I don't think he's been amazing. I don't think he's been vastly superior to the other rookie quarterbacks. But um, hey, obviously, I have. A, I'm a little biased in that regard. But in terms of how the AFC East is going to shake out, look, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to say I think. Look, it's the last NFL Friday of the Jets season. You know, I I picked the Jets last week. I was so close to being right. And, you know, why not be positive? Look, it doesn't matter what I pick. It's whatever happens, happens. So, well, I'm just, I mean, look, I have to say it in order to explain my scenario. I think the Jets will beat Buffalo on Sunday. Let's just go for it. Let's just do it. One of the, my, one of my worst memories as a Jets fan is 2015, the New York Jets, 10 and five, going into Buffalo. They're playing a, a bad Bills team coached by my old friend, Rex Ryan. They had a chance to make the playoffs. They're going to be the wild card team. All they needed to do was beat Buffalo. And they go in there and they lose and they choke and they miss the playoffs. And I, to this day, is one up with the 2010 AFC Championship game, one of the most crushing losses in my history as a Jet fan. So wouldn't it be sweet? I know the Bills are going to make the playoffs, but hey, take away a home playoff game from those crazy weirdo Bill fans. Let's go in there and get a win. So Jets, I'll just go and say, beat Buffalo. My The, the Dolphins, they're, they're defeated. They're out of the playoffs. They're done. New England beats them. So give me the Patriots to win the AFC East. Bill's the wild card team. Crazier things have happened. But you know what? Also, let's look now at those AFC wild card teams. Two spots up for grabs here. A lot to kind of break down. So as we look at the playoff picture right now, we got the Colts and the Chargers. They're currently holding on to those last two wild card spots. But then you have the Raiders, Steelers, and Ravens. They're all in play this week. Of course, the Colts beat the Jaguars. They're in. And that Chargers-Raiders game, that is going to be big. That is a Sunday night football game. The winner of that matchup, win and you're in, essentially, unless the Colts lose to the Jags. If they end in a tie, actually, both teams would get in. And then there's other scenarios now with the Steelers. If the Colts lose and they win, they can get in, and the Ravens have to have some other stuff happen to them. We can break that down if need be. But, guys, and let's start with uh, Colin this time. Who do you like in those final two AFC wildcard spots? I really like the Chargers to grab one of those spots. I think they'll probably end up beating the Raiders. I look at this matchup and I see it as a situation where the ground game could be key to elevate the Chargers past the Raiders because I think Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Neither of them have been particularly great in terms of their run game. So I look at that as something that they could use as a separating factor. I think Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, these guys could really show up big for their team here. And then in terms of that other spot, I I have a hard time trying to figure out what or separating rather what I would like to happen versus what I think is going to happen. Because last week I was watching that Steelers game. I would really like to see big Ben get in there some way, somehow just for the story. It's not going to happen, but it would be nice to see. Obviously they need a lot to go right. I'd say Indianapolis probably because they're playing Jacksonville. It's a very favorable matchup for them. Even if they're conservative with the guys they choose to play, like Jonathan Taylor, they're still a much better team. I don't think they should have a problem taking care of them. Yeah, it's so hard for me to talk about this unbiased. I am a Steelers fan. You know, I got emotional watching Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, even if Steelers can't beat the Ravens, who they beat earlier in the year, remember, Lamar tries to go for two. He doesn't get it. That's how the Steelers won that one. You're in Baltimore. That's going to be a tough game. Even if you win that one, you need the Colts to lose to Jacksonville, which I don't think any of us things happen. You know, Jaguars, two wins on the year. 
Colts have been very good this season. The rushing leader, Jonathan Taylor, on their team leading them the way. In games when he rushes over 100 yards, I think they're undefeated, or maybe they have one loss. They've been great when he uh, when he has great days, and uh, he's going to have another day against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I do think the Colts get in. They take care of business um, in Jacksonville. Uh, then it comes down to the Sunday night game, and I like the Raiders. I think that the Chargers defense has been really disappointing this season. Uh, I don't. I, I really like Derek Carr, what he's done this season. You know, they faced adversity. They're nine and seven. They're in the AFC West. You know, they're in a tough division. I think they're going to beat the Chargers. I think it's going to be a really close one. I think it's going to be a shootout. But I do like the Raiders in that game. So I think it's Colts and Raiders. It'd be really interesting to see if the Jaguars somehow manage to win against Indianapolis and the Steelers beat Baltimore. Uh, both teams can tie to get in. I know that's what everyone's been talking about. Do they kneel it out? I, that's not going to happen, but it would be crazy if the scenario was Steelers are in and it's Chargers and Raiders to play against each other. The winner gets in or they tie and both get in. That would be wild. I would love to see what would happen. I think everyone would be watching Sunday Night Football uh, really interested because if that game goes in the OT, it'd get really crazy. But I'm taking Colts. I'm taking Raiders. Those are my two playoff teams in the AFC. Yeah, look, uh, I'll start off with the, the easier pick. I think the Colts, like Mike said, I think they're, they're, they're just going to make the playoffs. I think the Colts have been one of the better teams in the AFC. I think they honestly, I'm sh- surprised that things kind of came the way they did, given the Derrick Henry injury, because I honestly thought Indy was on a you know, path there to maybe win the South this year with that injury. The fact that the Titans are still the number one seat, I mean, props to them. Um, but look, Jonathan Taylor is an MVP candidate. I think Frank Reich is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. And the Jaguars, look, I said the Giants are the worst team in the NFL because, I'm sorry, they just are. I know their record isn't the worst, but just the way that they played over the last part of the season is by far the worst team. The Jaguars, if you want to go holistically, are the worst team in the NFL, maybe. Them are the, the, the Lions. I mean, the Lions have a tie, so I'll give them that. Um, so the Jaguars are a really, really bad team. Uh, the, just total disarray there with Urban Meyer. And I we don't need to go through it. You know what I'm talking about. So I, I think it's pretty – I know the game's in Jacksonville, but I don't know. Give me the Colts. I, I think it's pretty – you know, I know it's like – there could always be an upset, but give me the Colts. So then it comes down to that last spot. And you know what? The autumn wind is a pirate. And give me the Raiders, the classic NFL films line, the ghost of John Madden. John Madden looking down from the heavens, the great John Madden, rest in peace, one of the great figures in NFL history, one of the great guys in NFL history. Of course, the legendary – Raiders coach. He was involved in so many games, whether it's the classic crazy ending games, the sea of hands, the holy roller, the ghost to the post, whatever you want to say. The guy is one of the, the biggest characters in NFL history. And of course, everyone knows him as a broadcaster, mad in the video game. But you know what? He's the Raiders. He's the best head coach in Raiders history. And I'm sorry, there's got to be a little bit of magic for a team that, you know, obviously so much tragedy earlier in the year, so much dysfunction. They've fought, they've clawed their way at the end. I like Derek Carr a lot. This game's at home. The NFL is a better place when the Raiders are a good football team and when they're relevant. The Raiders are one of the stored NFL franchises, and they haven't been great for the last 20 years or so. With a, take aside a couple of years. But it's what I want to happen, and I don't know, just call it a gut feeling. John Madden looking down on this game at the Death Star in Vegas. I don't know, a little – for a guy that was involved in so many crazy endings for his team – maybe a little bit of a crazy ending, a win for the Raiders. I'd like to see it. I think it's going to happen. So give me the Raiders to make that final wild card spot. So that is our playoff pictures talk. I think we all kind of have our own separate ideas of what's going to happen. Some good ideas. I'm looking forward to this Sunday. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully, finally, 
with this Raiders Chargers game, we finally will have for the first time in like two months a good primetime game because the primetime games this year have been atrocious. But you know what? Let's move on now as we do every week to our Pick'ems segment. A whole slate of games this week to run down. We got a couple of Saturday games as well. So let's get it started here. We'll start with Mike, Kansas City at Denver. Who do you got? Uh, I got uh, Kansas City. I think this game, you know, kind of means something for the Chiefs who, uh, you know, want to move up and try to get a seed. So I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't think, you know, the Broncos have been very good this season. You know, the quarterback play has been very questionable. Bridgewater and Locke. You know, I'm very disappointed. I think the spread for this one is like 10 plus points. I mean, they're really favoring the Chiefs and it's in Denver. Um, you know, they're big time favorites and it's for a reason I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah, this is one you can't overthink. I'm taking the Chiefs as well. I think they have every reason to play this game and try and win this game. Maybe by some virtue of miracle, get that top spot in the AFC back. Yeah, I'm obviously taking Kansas City here. Yeah, give me Kansas City as well. I mean, look, they're it's so weird to me because you know everyone was so down on them early in the year and they went on this run and everyone kind of forgot about them, but they've been pretty solid now for most of the year. Denver's not very good. Patrick Mahomes always dominates the AFC West. Give me the Chiefs. Okay, next up, Dallas at Philly. Colin, who do you like? So let me preface this by saying I'm high on Philly in the playoffs because I like the style of football they play. I think they are a death by a million paper cuts offensive attack that is going to run the ball as much as they can. For this game, I could see them being very conservative in terms of how they choose to send out those rushers. I like Dallas in this game because I could see Philly and the coaching staff saying, you know what, we've made the playoffs. For our offensive attack, it might not matter where we end up or who we end up playing. I think Dallas, even if they don't send out their guys, they still have Dak. He'll play somewhat in this game. He'll throw the ball. Dallas will be able to win by a few points. I like Dallas, even though this game is in Philly and I'm still on high on Philly as a playoff team. Yeah, I'm kind of with Colin. I like Philly, but the thing with me is they don't really have much mobility possible. You know, the highest they can get B is a 60, I think. You know, I think they have less to play for than Dallas. You know, for that reason, I'm going to take the Cowboys. But moving forward, I still think the Eagles are going to be a dangerous team. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think the Cowboys win it. Yeah, give me Philly. I'll, I'll just kind of stray from the pack here. I mean, I think the Dallas, I mean, like Dallas, I think has benefited from a weak NFC East, uh, you know, They've been a solid team, but I don't know. I think they're kind of paper champions a little bit. You know, Philly started off really weak. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders by any means, but they've played some solid football down the stretch. It's in Philly, which I think matters. So give me the Eagles. All right, next up, Green Bay at Detroit. Colin. I'm taking Green Bay. This is not even a question in my mind. Even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, I don't necessarily love Detroit's chances of winning a football game in the first place. So I'll take uh, Green Bay. And apparently Rodgers wants to play in this one. So if he does play, obviously, I think we can all agree Rodgers should be able to win this one. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to fade you, Colin. I'm going to go, you know, Detroit Lions. I think, you know, they might have more to play for than Green Bay. You know, Packers have locked up that one seed. You know, there's not much for them to do with this one. Uh, so I think the Lions are going to win. I don't think Rodgers will play. I think that's going to be, you know, the determiner. And uh, that's why I'm going Lions. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say I don't care who plays. I just think Green Bay is a better team. I'd like to see Detroit win. You know, I think it's always kind of fun when they win. Dan Campbell, look, he's crazy, but he's likable in a way. And I'd like to see Detroit win. But look, if there's a po- right now, there's a possibility Aaron's going to play. And assuming he does, and I'm just going to go with, you know, 
I'll just assume he does, so I'll pick Green Bay. But even if he doesn't play, I still think they're better. So give me Green Bay. All right, next up, Indy at Jacksonville. Mike. Yeah, we talked about this one. I'm taking the Colts. They're the better team. Jacksonville just gets their doors blown off by the Patriots. Not much to watch in that game. That would you think the Jaguars can beat the Colts. So I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the Colts as well. I think Jonathan Taylor is in for a very big day against Jacksonville. Yeah, just the uh, same thing you guys said. Colts are way better, and Jonathan Taylor is a stud. What, what else can I say? All right, next up, Washington at the Giants. Mike? Yeah, so it's an interesting one. I talked about it before. I just don't think the Giants have any sort of momentum. Washington played the Eagles close last week. I know they got absolutely murdered by the Cowboys on primetime um, two weeks ago, but they played the Eagles close. We're a playoff team. They're a better football team than the Giants right now. And then it's the quarterback play. Jake Fromm starting for the Giants. I have no faith in him. I'm taking Taylor Heineke with the ball over him, so I'm taking the Washington football team. I can't believe I'm about to do this, but I'm picking the Giants to win a football game. I just have this weird feeling that for as bad as they've been, it's actually worse for them to win this game. There is no more New York thing than to win a game that you do not need to win and put more controversy into the air. I can already see the headline now if they manage to win this one, that the players are going to be happy with Joe Judge. There's going to be some controversies as to whether or not you move on or you keep this ship going in the same direction. The Giants are not a good football team. Every piece of football logic tells you that Washington will win this game. But for some reason, I have this funny feeling that the Giants will play one good game before the year is out and it might be this one. Yeah, I'm going with Washington in this one. Like I said earlier in the show, they have a better head coach. It doesn't matter who starts for the Giants. They have a better quarterback. And look, the simple fact is this. I don't think the Giants can score more than six points. And I think Washington can at least get 10 or two touchdowns on the board. So, yeah, I think it's pretty simple. Give me Washington. All right, next up, Chicago at Minnesota. Colin. I'm taking Minnesota in this one. Minnesota has been very disappointing. During the course of the season, they've lost a lot of close games. I know there's questions regarding Zimmer's future there. I could see them winning this one, just have it end on somewhat of a positive note, even if it's soured, given the fact that they missed out in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's a tough one to predict, two kind of disappointing teams this season. Uh, I know the Bears get the win over the Giants last week, but it doesn't inspire me anymore. I'm going to take the Vikings to win this one. Yeah, you know, when it comes to picks, you got to be a little different. I'll make another contrarian pick. I'll go with the Bears. Look, a couple nice wins the last few weeks. Look, they dominated the Giants, who aren't good. But, hey, give them props for blowing them out. They're not a great team themselves. Then you also, you know, had a nice win over Seattle a few weeks ago. I understand it's in Minnesota, but, I don't know, the Vikings are such a blah team. I don't know. With the Bears, hey, why not? Talk about something that would be controversial, you know, the whole Matt Nagy status, another win for him on the way out the door. Who knows? So give me the Bears. All right, next up, Tennessee at Houston. Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the Titans. I know uh, I know they're first in the AFC, but I think they want to keep it. So I'm going to take them. The Texans have you know, not shown me anything this season. I know they have the blowout over the Chargers, but I'm still taking the Titans in this one. I'm taking the Titans as well. I see this as a situation where Tennessee has everything to gain with that number one seed in the AFC. They're going to want to hold on to that. Yeah, give me Titans as well. Like you guys said, the, the AFC number one seed up for grabs. They're going to want that. And, you know, Houston, I like Davis Mills. He actually hasn't been that bad, but uh, they're not a very good team. So give me Tennessee. Next up, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Mike, let's save you for last. So I'm going to go first. I'm actually going to go with Pittsburgh. I think Baltimore is, look, t- t- it seems like Tyler Huntley is going to start again this week. Um, their playoff chances are incredibly slim. The P- Pittsburgh has a better shot. Big Ben coming off that big emotional win for him at home in his final home game, probably. I don't know. Gut feel. Give me Pittsburgh. Colin, you go ahead. I'm taking Pittsburgh as well. 
I want to see Big Ben have his last moment, even if it's not going to be in the playoffs. Have him win against a rival, a team that he's had so many great moments against in Baltimore here. I'm liking Pittsburgh in this one. Now, if I was the only person not to pick Pittsburgh and I'm a Steelers fan, I think that would be wrong. So I'm going to take the Steelers. You know, I think it's tough to beat the same team twice, especially when it's the Ravens-Steelers, you know, rivalry matchup. That's really the only thing holding me back from picking them. And it's in Baltimore, but Big Ben, Steelers, they've got more to play for. I'll take them. All right, next up, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Colin. So this is a funny one. I was originally going to take Cleveland because I had thought Baker Mayfield would play in this game, especially after he had that back and forth the other day with that reporter. And I thought this is going to be a funny story because Baker will go out there and, and have something to play for from a pride standpoint. I also know Joe Burrow won't be playing in this one. So this is really going to be kind of an interesting game. I'll take Cincinnati because I think they're a better football team. If Baker was playing, I would have been more inclined to take Cleveland. I'm going to take Cleveland just because I know no Burrow Mixon. So that's going to, I think losing Baker is not as like losing Burrow. So if it's a battle of the backups, I'm going to take the Browns. I know that Browns offensive line is absolutely horrendous. It was exposed by the Steelers, but something's telling me Cleveland at home. So I'm going to take him. Yeah. You know what? Give me Cincinnati, like Colin, you know, I think look, both quarterbacks not playing. So then it comes down to which team is better. And I think Cincinnati is just a better team. So give me the Bengals. All right. Next up, we mentioned this game earlier. San Francisco at the Rams, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this. Rams need to win this game if they want to get that two-seed lock it up. I think they know the advantage of having that home field, you know, for the majority of the playoffs and their home. So I'm going to take them to beat the Niners. And there's that question mark at quarterback for San Francisco. Home in SoCal, I'm taking the Rams as well. They are a much better football team than San Francisco. I like Stafford to have a game here. And I think Cooper Cup will be someone to watch in particular, as he always is. Yeah, uh, just go with the group here. I got to go with the Rams as well. I mentioned it earlier, just a better team. They're playing for the division. Give me the Rams. All right, next up, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Mike. Something is telling me to take the Panthers in this one. I don't know what it is. I think it's the upset pick, but... You know, listen, I know the Buccaneers are, you know, kind of in that gray area where they can't get the one seed, I don't think. And, you know, uh, they're kind of set in stone from that two to four range. You know, I, I'm taking the Panthers. Something tell me that Carolina wins this one end the season. I don't think there's any question of who I'm taking in this one. I'll take the Buccaneers. I think this one will be interesting to watch because they're going to have to figure out what they want to do on offense from playoff time. Coming into the season, they were one of the most stacked wide receiver cores in the league. Now with injuries and... Antonio Brown going off the rails, that you can't say that anymore. Cyril Grayson is a legitimate option for them, and that should say something based on where they started at the beginning of the season. I think Brady tries to figure out what he wants to do come playoff time in this game and see what works. So I like Tampa Bay to win this one. Yeah, I mean, look, when it comes to the playoffs now, I think you're going to see, obviously, Mike Evans, if he's healthy, obviously, will be your main target. And then Leonard Fournette hopefully comes off IR if you're a Bucks fan. He should be ready for the playoffs. And then, hey, a heavy dose of Gronk, and I think that's where we're going to go from here. So maybe some more looks to Cameron Brait, uh, just kind of touching on Collins' point. But, look, the Bucks. I think Bruce Arians is definitely pissed off after what's happened this week. I think Brady hates this, you know, that's one thing about being New England. He never, I mean, well, actually, what am I talking about? They had a lot of, there was actually a lot of major incidents in it, and I, I just remembered a few. We're not going to talk about that. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, uh, you know, I think Tom doesn't like to deal with that stuff anyway. So the, the bottom line is he wants to, uh, he wants to kind of show people up as well. Carolina is a bad football team. You know, Sam Darnold, look, I got to be honest, you know, when he, when he first got traded to the Jets, I was like, all right, I wish him all the best. 
in those first couple weeks, he was playing really well, of course, and the national media has got to take their shots at the Jets. So I have been somewhat vindicated in seeing Sam playing so poorly. You know, Joe Douglas, I think, made the right decision. I'm not rooting for Sam to fail, but nonetheless, Carolina's bad. Give me Tampa Bay. All right, next up, Seattle, Arizona. Mike. Yeah, I mean, the theme that I've been going with is uh, whoever's got more to play for is probably going to get the win. I'm going to take Arizona. They've got more to play for. Seahawks eliminated. Give me the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals as well. Although it will be interesting to see how Russell Wilson is. This could be his last game with Seattle. That's something to watch. Uh, I'm going with Arizona as well, much for the same reason as Mike. More to play for. It's in Arizona, which I think is important. So give me the Cardinals. All right, next up, Patriots at Miami. Colin, you're our Patriots fan. Why don't you go first? I'm taking the Patriots here. Damian Harris is going to have a busy day, and even more so if Mac Jones gets the blessing and the okay from Bill Belichick to, you know, throw the football. Jacoby Myers will have a busy day as well. Yeah, I think I gave my reasoning earlier in the show. I think the Patriots, you know, they take this one in Miami. They get the win. Yeah, I said it before. I think uh, Patriots, despite their, you know, franchise-long struggles in Miami, uh, I think the Dolphins are kind of defeated. So give me the Patriots. Next up, New Orleans at Atlanta. Mike. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. You're home in Atlanta. I know you had that long streak where you couldn't win a game home. But I think it's a new era. I think like Matt Ryan, you know, there's a lot of things I like here. I'm not bought in at the Saints and all. No, Sean Payton, great coach. But they have not shown me anything, especially at the quarterback play. I do not love that offense. I'll take the Falcons. I think the offense gets creative in this one enough to compete and put up some points. I think the defense is able to keep Matt Ryan at bay and the Falcons offense at bay. I like the Saints to win this one for them to get that playoff spot as we were talking about. Yeah, I mentioned earlier in the show, I like the Saints just because I think Sean Payton's a great head coach and I think the Falcons are pretty mediocre. I think it really just comes down to that. All right, next up, the game that is most near and dear to my heart, the Jets at Buffalo Collins. I'd really like to see the Jets win, but I think Buffalo is going to win this one. I think it's going to be a sloppy game. I don't think there's going to be anything about it that screams great football. But I like Buffalo to inch out, especially at home. Two reason. Bills are home, and they've got something to play for. I'll take them to beat the Jets. Call me crazy. Call me drinking the green Kool-Aid. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. Look, it's the last time I'm picking the Jets this year. I'm graduating in the spring. It's the last time we'll be picking the Jets on NFL Friday. Well, you got to go out positive. You got to go out supporting your team. They went toe to toe with the Super Bowl champs. They they're probably you know they I hope they didn't forget the way Buffalo came in there and embarrassed them earlier in the season. Zach Wilson didn't play in that game. He's going to play in this game. He's been improving week after week. Great game last week. So you know what? Let's go for it. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Give me New York in this game. And then last up. The Chargers at the Raiders, Colin. I would really like to pick the Raiders here because I do believe there is some magic in the air with the ghost of John Madden. But I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. I think Eckler will have a nice day for them in the run game. And I think Justin Herbert will show up at prime time. And I like them to get that playoff spot. I think Keenan Allen's also someone to watch in this matchup. Derek Carr, Raiders, they're home in Las Vegas. Something's telling me they get this win. I like the Raiders. They're going to beat the Chargers. Look, I said it earlier in the show. I think it comes down to this. The Raiders, they have fought and clawed their way to stay in the season despite everything that's happened on and off the field. And you know what? The great John Madden, like I said, 
his his spirit will be alive and well in that building. They've got the little tribute to him on the back of the helmet. I think he's going to help push them into the playoffs a little, a little bit of a, a power from above, if you will. So give me the Raiders in this game. And that is going to do it for our Pick'em segment. That is going to do it for our show. So that's it for this week's edition of NFL Friday. As always, thank you so much for joining us. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes, Spotify, WFUVsports.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Mike Calamari and Colin Lochran, I'm Michael Legan. Have a great weekend. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.